ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so carrying on with Al-Mulakhas Al-Fiqhi The summarized book of fiqh of Al-Shaykh Salih Al-Fawzan Hafizahullah Ta'ala The chapter that we had got to was regarding the rulings of the Imam and the responsibilities of the Imam So the next section linked to that is bab fi man la tasihu imamatuhu fi salah the types of people who cannot be the imam it is not valid the prayer behind a particular type of imam inna al-imama fi salah mas'uliyya kubra the Shaykh says the Imam of the prayer, the person who takes this responsibility of being the Imam, it is a big responsibility. It is a great responsibility. كَمَا أَنَّهَا تَحْتَاجْ إِلَى مُؤَهَّلَاتِ يَجِبُ تَوَافُرُهَا فِي الْإِمَامِ أَوْ يُسْتَحَبُّ تَحْلِيَ بِهَا أَوْ تَحْلِيهِ بِهَا So there are certain characteristics certain qualifications that are needed within an imam certain types of qualifications that need to be within an imam or at least he should have these characteristics and qualifications كذلك similarly يجب أن يكون الإمام سليما من صفات تمنعه من هذا المنصب أو تنقص أهليته لها There are certain types of characteristics that an imam must be free of. Certain types of things that the imam needs to be free of. Because these certain types of things we're going to talk about, if the imam has them, then he shouldn't be the imam. Certain things, if the imam does them, then he shouldn't be an imam. So what are they? فَلَا يَجُوزْ أَنْ يُوَلَّى الْفَاسِقِ إِمَامَةَ الصَّلَةِ وَالْفَاسِقِ هُوَ مَنْ خَرَجَ عَنْ حَدِّ الْإِسْتِقَامَةِ بِارْتِكَابْ كَبِيرَ مِنْ كَبَائِرِ الذُّنُوبَ الَّتِي هِيَ دُونَ الشِّرْكِ A fasiq cannot be the imam. And the fasiq is a person who has gone out of being an upright practicing Muslim. He commits major sins, for example. Somebody who commits major sins, less than shirk, but major sins. He is a sinner who commits major sins. That type of person should not be put forward to be the imam. He commits major sins. 
then he should not be the Imam. Well, Fisq, Nawan, and of course the Fisq, it is two types. Fisqun Amali wa Fisqun I'tiqadi. Fal Fisqul Amali Kartikab Fahishat Azina wa Sarika wa Shurbul Khamr wa Nahwidalik. Well, Fisq al I'tiqadi Karafd wal I'tizal wa Tajahum. So there is an open type of Fisq in your actions. An open type of fisk which occurs in your actions like fornication, like stealing, like drinking alcohol. These are all major sins that are open types of fisk. Major sins which are open fisk upon your actions. Then there is also fisk of belief. And that is if a person has the incorrect aqeedah, believes the aqeedah of the rafida or the mu'tazila or the jahmiya, then this is an internal type of fisk. فَلَا يَجُوزْ تَوْلِيَتْ إِمَامَةِ الصَّلَاةِ الْفَاسِقِ So it is not allowed for you to give responsibility of the imamship to be the imam, for a person who is a fasiq, he is not to be given the responsibility of the imam. Because the fasiq, this type of sinner and wrongdoer, his information is not accepted. Allah said in the Quran, يَا أَيُّهِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِنْ جَاءَكُمْ فَاسِقٌ بِنَبَأٍ فَتَبَيَّنُوا if a fasiq comes to you with news, then verify his news. Don't take his word for it. So a fasiq, you can't trust him. A fasiq, an open sinner who commits major sins and these types, then he cannot be trusted. You cannot trust him to lead the prayer. And also a fasiq, if you let him lead the prayer, then that is a bad example to be leading the people. People are going to know this man, he commits all these sins, yet he is our imam. That can't be right. You're going to give a bad example to all the people that your imam He's supposed to be your role model, but he's committing all of these sins. So that cannot be the case. There is a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that a fajr, a sinner, cannot lead the prayer or cannot be entrusted upon a believer, upon a mu'min. A fajr, a fajr, a fasiq, a sinner, a wrongdoer, those types of people you do not give them leadership of being the imam. Fasalah, khalf al-fasiq, manhiyun anha. Prayer behind a fasiq is prohibited. 
ولا يجوز تقديمه مع القدرة على ذلك and it is not permissible to put forward a fasiq to lead the prayer if you are able if you're not able you go to a mosque and it's a fasiq who's the imam of the mosque you can't do anything about it but in a situation where you can then it's not allowed for you to put the fasiq forward to lead the prayer that wrongdoer that sinner you push him forward to lead the prayer that is not correct the people who are the organizers of the mosque, those in responsibility of the mosque, it is not permissible for them to put forward a fasiq to lead the prayer. People who are the organizers of the mosque, they look after the affairs of the mosque, they need to look after the affairs in a good manner and what is beneficial it is not good or beneficial to put a sinner in charge of being the imam that cannot be good for the people so if those people in authority put a fasiq forward to lead the prayer then they are putting everybody into an awkward situation into a bad situation the fasiq lead the prayer. Some scholars even said that it's doubtful. Is the prayer even valid behind a fasiq? Is the prayer even valid praying behind a fasiq leading you? So it's a severe situation. Voila, that's one thing. The fasiq, the open sinner, the one who commits major sins and other affairs, that type of degraded person is not allowed to be the imam. That is mentioned in the, the texts. That is mentioned by the scholars. The fasiq is not to be put forward as an imam. Secondly, لا تصح إمامة العاجز عن ركوع Somebody who is not able to physically do the rukur, physically do the sujood, physically do the sitting, that person shouldn't lead the prayer over people who are physically capable. A person who is not physically capable, he is physically incapable of rukur, sujood, sitting, he should not be put forward to lead the prayer. Illa bimithlihi. Except if all of them were like that. Imagine now, there's a few people in a hospital. Some Muslims in a hospital, they've got some injuries, they are there. None of them can stand up. All of them got injuries in their legs. All of them got injuries in their legs. None of them can stand up. So now, all of them are going to end up praying, sitting down, even the imam, that's okay. The imam can lead the prayer sitting down, he's incapable of standing up, because everybody behind him is also incapable of standing up. They're all the same, in that case okay. But in a case where everybody is okay, but just the imam is incapable, he can't do the things physically, then you shouldn't push him forward to lead. He's incapable of doing all of the pillars properly. 
the arkan of the prayer, he's incapable. Maybe it's legitimate, he's injured or something, no problem. But because he's not able to do the pillars properly, then he shouldn't lead the prayer over people who are available who can do all of the pillars properly. A musawihi fil ajz an rukn aw shart. Wakada لا تصح إمامة العاجز عن القيام لقادر عليه إلا إذا كان العاجز عن القيام إماما راتبا لمسجد وعرض له عجز عن القيام يرجى زواله فتجوز الصلاة خلفه, خلفه ويصلون خلفه في تلك الحال جلوسا A person who's injured something happened he can't stand up Everybody else can. You shouldn't push that person forward to lead the prayer and be the imam because he's going to end up having to pray sitting down and all of you can stand up. So in that case, you shouldn't push him forward to lead the prayer. Somebody else fully capable should lead the prayer. There is one situation though. Imagine now the imam of the mosque. Imagine you have a fixed imam in the mosque. He is the Imam of the five prayers. One day, that fixed Imam is walking to the mosque and he trips outside, cracks his knee, and now he can't stand up for a week or for two days. Doctor said to him, put the, the cast on, two days you can't put weight on your knee. He's the fixed Imam of the mosque. Now what are you going to do? You're going to say to him, get away. Somebody else has to leave for two days or what? For two days the doctor says to him, you can't stand up on your knee. You can't put pressure on your knee. You have to stay sitting for two days. Even your prayer, you're going to have to sit and pray for two days. He's the fixed imam, al-imam al-ratib. What are you going to say to him now? For two days are you going to say to him, look, we studied in the book. You can't stand up, you can't lead the prayer. Go away, sit down over there, somebody else is going to lead the prayer. Is that what you're going to say to him or what? Huh? Okay, so you're going to say to the imam, step aside. Anybody else? So same thing, you're going to say to him, step aside. Everybody, ijma'ah. You're going to say to the Imam, miskin, Abdul Hakim. You're going to say to him, you can't lead the prayer, get away. Somebody else is going to lead the prayer for two days. So everybody's going to pray for two days sitting down. That's what you're saying. Okay. So that is correct. Here, as Sheikh Al-Fawzan says, in that situation, the imam gets injured for a, a short while. It's not permanent. For a short while, he's injured. He can't stand up. For that short while, a few prayers, whatever it is, a day or two, he can still lead. He can still lead the prayer. Obviously, he's going to lead sitting down. That means everybody else in the jama'ah has to pray sitting down with the imam in that case let him lead because he is the permanent imam and his injury is only temporary 
So you don't push him aside. He is the Imam. His injury is temporary. He can carry on leading sitting down for that temporary time. And everybody else prays sitting down behind him. And that is mentioned uh, in a hadith of Aisha radiyallahu anha. Sallan Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fi baytihi wa huwa shak. Oh shakin. فَصَلَّ <laughs> There's a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ, he prayed in his home once and he prayed sitting down. He had some, some issue, so he had to sit down and pray. So everybody behind him, everybody behind him, the, the people in the congregation, they prayed standing up. They prayed standing up. But then the Prophet ﷺ indicated to them, sit down. So they sat down then. And then the Prophet ﷺ told them at the end, The Imam has been put there to be followed. So if the Imam in that situation is sitting down, everybody sit down and pray behind him. But what if now the Imam here He's injured for one day, so he is allowed to lead the prayer. You've all understood it now, so you say to him, it's okay, you can still lead sitting down. We're all going to sit down and pray. But somebody comes along, somebody comes along, all of these people who said, no, he can't lead the prayer, all of you guys, you say, no, we're not going to sit down. We're not going to sit down. Rukan, Al-Qiyam, we're going to stand and pray. So all of you, you carry on standing and praying. Is your prayer valid or not? Invalid? Invalid? Valid? So Imam sitting down, you're going to stand up and pray behind him. Your prayer is valid, it's okay. Oh, now invalid. Following the Imam. Again, Everybody is saying invalid. Problem is, this ijma' is incorrect. In that situation, your prayer, sahat salatuhum ala sahih. The most authentic opinion is your prayer will still be valid. If you insist on standing up, the most authentic opinion, it's a difference, but the Shaykh says the most correct opinion is your prayer would still be valid. وَإِنْ اسْتَخْلَفَ الْإِمَامِ فِي تِلْكَ الْحَالِ مَنْ يُصَلِّي بِهِمْ قَائِمًا فَهُوَ أَحْسَنٍ The best thing to do in that situation though, because you can imagine, especially now when knowledge is so little amongst the people. Imagine you came in one day and the Imam is sitting down and everybody is sitting down and praying. Somebody walks in from Bolton to pray, they're going to say, what's going on in this mosque? What type of a madhab is this one? They say, madhab Shafi'i, Malik, uh, Hanbali, Hanafi, which one are you? Imam sitting down, everybody sitting down, mashallah. 
which type of prayer is this? It's going to cause fitna for people. It would cause a problem for people. So the best thing the Shaykh says in that situation is, even though the Imam, if he's temporarily injured, still has the right to lead the prayer and everybody sit down and pray behind him, the best thing is in that situation, the Imam himself should just say to somebody, you lead the prayer. He should just give the responsibility to somebody and let them lead and he can just sit in the row and everybody else can then just stand. So then you get the problem out. Khurujan min al-khilaf as they say. Then you're not going to cause any issues for these young brothers all who insist. Then you're not going to cause any problems for anybody. Everybody can stand. Imam can just appoint somebody for that one day, two days temporarily whilst he's injured. And then there's no problem. The prayer is standing up. Just the imam will be sitting down. So that is the best thing the sheikh says you should do. The imam should just appoint somebody. And then there's no issue of imam sitting, everybody sitting, some people insisting on standing. You get rid of all of that problem, then no issue exists then. So, so far we've discussed two things. Two types of people who should not be the imam. Firstly, the fasiq. Secondly, somebody who is physically incapable should not be the imam. Unless he is the fixed imam and his injury is temporary, then he still has the right. But the best thing, he should just appoint somebody to remove the issues. Third, third type of issue now about the imam. لا تصح إمامة من حدثه دائم كمن به سلس أو خروج ريح أو نحوه مستمر إلا بمن هو مثله في هذه الآفة Somebody who is afflicted Sometimes you have these medical conditions Somebody who is afflicted with medical conditions Whereby his urine is constantly exiting or he constantly breaks wind. Some people have that condition and we discussed it in Kitab al-Tahara before. If that happens, what do you do? Normally for your prayers, what do you do? If your urine constantly exits and your wind is constantly breaking, what do you do then? Just make your wudu and pray. Even if it breaks, you carry on. But can that type of person be the Imam? No. Yourself, you make wudu and just pray. Even if your wind breaks in between or your urine exits in between, you carry on and you pray. Because Allah does not burden a soul greater than it can bear. If that is your medical condition, there's nothing you can do. Just make wudu and just pray. Even if it breaks in the middle, you carry on and that's it. That's okay for you and your prayer. But can you be the imam? That you cannot. That type of person cannot be the imam, except in one situation. Exactly. If all of them have the same problem, then they're all equal. So one of them has to lead the prayer. Huh? No, that's okay. If in that case, you look at the situation. Imagine you had somebody injured. He can't stand up. All the rest of them are kids. None of them can lead the prayer. In that case, now, the only one capable is the injured one, so he's got to do it. If he's the only one capable, 
then there's no choice to make in the first place. It's got to be him. So in that situation, it will just be him then. Because the others are not capable of it. So in that case, there is no choice to make. It's only one person who's capable. Then, the Imam, when he's leading the prayer, Imam is leading the prayer and his wudu breaks in the middle of the prayer. So what's the Imam supposed to do? Carry on or what? Huh? His wudu broke. Can you pray without wudu? Uh-uh. So if the Imam is leading the prayer and his wudu breaks in the middle of the prayer, he's got to leave and make wudu. But if the Imam leaves, then what's going to happen? Somebody else needs to lead the prayer. Yeah, but somebody has to become the Imam. So when the Imam, his wudu breaks and he leaves, all it requires, it's mentioned in some narration, Umar ibn Khattab, it happened to him. Anhu, when his wudu broke once in a Jum'ah. So all you do, the Imam indicates to somebody. Imam leaves, and that's why the hadith says the people behind the Imam, they should be people of knowledge and understanding. The people directly behind the Imam should be people of knowledge and understanding. So if his wudu breaks and he's going to leave, he makes an indication to somebody, they understand. As for people who have no knowledge, they're going to think, well, what's going on? Where's he going? What's he telling me? What's going on? They won't know what to do. That's why you're supposed to have people of knowledge behind the Imam. His wudu breaks, he can indicate to one of them and walk off. They will understand what's happened. They will know, okay, his wudu's gone. They will step forward and continue the prayer and lead it and finish it. That's why you need the people of knowledge. There was an Disappeared. Then people, what are they doing? They're sneaking a look or what's going on? No, the Imam needs to indicate to somebody. In that case now, he walks off, then you know what happens. Everybody in the sujood, mashallah, till when? So that's a problem. And then even when somebody looks and the Imam has disappeared, they're going to think, what's going on? Nobody will know what's going on. What's happened? Where's he gone? You need to give some indication. If it happened in the middle of that, there's no harm. Like we said before, Movement, or maybe we didn't do it here. Movement in the prayer, is it allowed or not? Normally not, except if there's a need. In that situation of the sujood, there would be a need. The imam is allowed and his prayer is broken anyway now. A statement like that, Allahu alam. It would be allowed even to physically touch the person. It would be allowed. It would be allowed to indicate to that person like that. But I don't know about a statement saying Allahu Akbar unless it is narrated. Yeah. So that's it. His prayer is gone. It could be if the people behind him are people of knowledge. Uh, people of knowledge behind him. They are people of understanding. Then yes. You could just say it like that, it would be applicable, they would understand what's going on. You're right, after his wudu breaks, his prayer has gone. He's not in prayer anymore. So now it's just a case of alerting somebody from behind of what's happened. So you could do it by the name, you're right, people of knowledge, they understand. 
He could mention the name of that person, that person, if he hears his name, he knows straight away something happened now. He sees him walking off, he knows exactly. Lead the prayer. It could be, most of the time, this is the reality of the situation. Reality is in, a, in most of the people, they don't have this knowledge. If the Imam suddenly said your name, most people think, ah, why is he saying my name, what's going on? What did he say my name for? Most of the time in these places, it would need something more. Imam would maybe probably have to indicate to him, clearly, indicate to him and walk off. That person would now know, okay, let me carry on. So you just got to make the person alert of what's happened, so they continue. But that's why the people of knowledge, the most knowledgeable, should be there at the front. That doesn't mean you're allowed to kick out the kids. Imagine some of the kids, they come and they start in the first row. Are you allowed? MashaAllah, one of the elders comes. Uncle Ismail comes. He says, the intelligent and knowledgeable people at the front. And they get all you kids and push you aside. Allowed or not? Most of the scholars say no. If the kids have got here early, then alhamdulillah, they got the reward. The men of intelligence and knowledge should have intelligence and knowledge and know about the reward and come early for that first row then. They are not very intelligent and knowledgeable if they don't come for the reward early and the kids are beating them. So the intelligent, the knowledgeable of those men, they should come early, they should be there, they should be in the first row behind the imam. But the kids, if they're in the first row, you don't kick them out as the scholars say. No, children without wudu are not supposed to line up in the saf. You bring your kids to the mosque, allowed. As long as the kids are behaved, that is what the scholars say, Sheikh Fawzan and others. Kids, young kids, as long as they are behaved, bring them to the mosque. Teach them, show them prayer, everything. If they're not behaved, they're going to mess around, they don't understand, they're going to scream, shout, play, everything. Then you don't bring them. Let them get a little bit older until they understand and they realize they can't mess about, then bring them. So kids, you can bring them, put them in the road to practice, praying, teach them. But they must be upon wudu. You can't just bring your kids and they haven't done wudu and line them up next to you in the row. That is considered as a break in the row. So the kids have to have wudu when they come and line up in the row. Ah. If, if what happens? Yeah. No, there's no need. There's no need. The people behind the imam, one of them steps forward and leads the prayer. The latecomers come and join at the back. The ones behind the imam, one of them leads the prayer. So that is now the third category of the people who cannot lead the prayer. The person who has a constant medical type of issue, his wudu is constantly breaking. Himself, he can make wudu and just pray, no problem. But he can't lead other people unless they are all the same level as him, in the same situation as him. Next situation. Now, one day the Imam comes and he leads the prayer. After he finishes the prayer, the Imam remembers that he had some impurity on him. There was impurity on his clothes, on his body. He remembers before coming to the prayer, he was 
changing the nappy or something of the baby. And he remembers urine got on him, on his clothes, everywhere. And he was going to change, he forgot. He just came to the mosque and led the prayer. Then he remembers, wait, this wet part here, that was urine and here. Remembers impurity. After finishing the prayer, leading the prayer. What's the ruling on that prayer now? Invalid. Valid. Valid. So valid for the people in the congregation, but him miskin not valid? That's the fatwa. Uh, that's, 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 mm-hmm. Okay. This, this, he's thiqa. He is thiqa. You know why he's thiqa? He has, you know the muhaddithun, they used to say dhabt. You need dhabt. This one has dhabt al-kitab. Because he looks at all the answers in the book and then he gives us all the answers. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. During the prayer, if you remember you got impurity on you during the prayer, you're supposed to try and remove it. So imagine my, the scarf. I'm praying and I remember there's impurity on my scarf. In the middle of the prayer, what should I do? Take it off and throw it away and carry on praying. I remember there's impurity on my hat. In the middle of the prayer, I should get rid of it and carry on praying. I remember there's impurity on my thobe. I got t-shirt underneath. So in the middle of the prayer, if I can get rid of your thobe and carry on praying. But I remember there's impurity on my t-shirt underneath. Now, take the thobe off, take the tea. Can you do all that? No. That's a problem. So now you've got no choice. You have to exit the prayer. But in this situation about the imam, imam comes and leads the prayer. After finishing the prayer, I'll give you another example too. Imam comes and leads the prayer and he realizes he was mutanajis bi badanihi aw thawbihi aw buqatihi. The place where he led the prayer, after he finishes, he looks at it and he realizes this was urine. There was some urine right there where he was leading the prayer. Or on his clothes or on his body. The ruling is, Lam yakuna him or the people behind him nobody realized about this impurity whether imam was praying or on the imam's garments or body until they finished the ruling is صحت صلاة المأموم the people behind their prayer is valid دون الإمام لقوله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا صلى الجنب بالقوم أعاد صلاته وتمت للقوم صلاتهم that if a person upon impurity leads the prayer, he must repeat it, but the people, their prayer is complete. Now the wudu is different, here is mentioned too. The wudu one is mentioned too. Imagine the imam comes and he leads the prayer. After finishing the prayer, led everybody in prayer, he remembers, wait, I didn't even have wudu. The imam remembers he didn't even have wudu. So now what's the ruling? Everybody who prayed in that prayer, their prayer is valid. But the Imam obviously now remembered he didn't have wudu. He's got to go make wudu and pray again. 
The same the Shaykh says about the impurity. If the Imam comes and he has impurity in Salah, in Sulya, Khalfa, Muhdith, or Mutanajis, Bibadani, or Thobi, or Bukati, Lam Yakuna Yalamani, Bitilkan Najasa, or Hadith, Hatta, Faraha, Mina Salah, Sahat Salat al Mahmoom, Dunal Imam. He says the same. If the Imam had impurity on his uh, floor, on the body, because that is from the Shurut to Salah, the Shart has gone missing now for the Imam. So they say in that situation here, the Imam needs to go and repeat, but the people do not. Generally though, what you said generally is correct. Imagine now you're praying, and you pray at the end when you finish your prayer, then you realize you had some impurity on your clothes. What's the ruling? Valid. That's valid. Normally it's valid. Is the same, but the, but the Sheikh said the Imam needs to repeat in this situation. Normally, normally in that situation, your prayer is valid. For impurity on your garments, Wait. normally the ruling is you don't have to because of the hadith. Which one? When the Prophet was praying in the middle of his prayer, Jibreel came and told him. There is impurity on his shoes. He took them off and carried on. The opening raka'ah or the two raka'at which he had prayed with impurity on his shoes, did he repeat them? So they were valid. Why? Halas, but the first raka'ah, why did he not make it up at the end? But in the example of the hadith of Jibreel, the Prophet ﷺ realized after one, two raka'at, if those raka'at were invalid, then why did he not make them up at the end? But he knew, he found out in the middle of the prayer. No problem. So he prayed two raka'at with the shoes off, the other two raka'at he had najasa, make them up at the end. Why not? The scholars, they said he didn't make them up, which shows that normally, if you have impurity, but you realize afterwards, you don't have to repeat. Maybe it can be difference of opinion. That opinion, what I just said there, a Shaykh al-Uthaymeen mentions in Sifat al-Salah. Maybe a Shaykh al-Fawzan has difference of opinion about it. He says here the Imam needs to repeat. So perhaps there's a difference over the issue also. Huh? What about if the Imam So the Imam, he's praying and he's got some impurity in his jeans. The first problem is the Imam should not be leading the prayer in jeans. You shouldn't pray in jeans. Because when you pray, you're supposed to wear baggy clothes. Jeans are very tight. So you shouldn't pray in jeans anyway. If he, let's say the, the sarwal, the normal type of pants, he realizes there's some impurity on that and he's wearing a loose t-shirt. You cannot remove that because then the condition of the prayer will disappear. Which is the covering of the aura. So now you have no choice. You can't remove it. You have to break your prayer, go change it and come back and start again. Hmm. Ah, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. This is the reason why Shaykh Fawzan says the Imam needs to repeat the prayer. قال Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. سُنَّةُ الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّاشِدِينَ فَإِنَّهُمْ صَلَّوْا بِالنَّاسِ 
ثم رأوا رأوا الجناب بعد الصلاة فأعادوا ولم يأمروا الناس بالإعادة Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned this is exactly how it used to happen with al-Khulafa al-Rashidun that they used to lead the people in prayer after the prayer if they noticed some impurity they would themselves repeat their prayer but they would not command the congregation to have to repeat the prayer Shaykh al-Islam says this is evidenced from al-Khulafa al-Rashidun this is what they used to do وَإِنْ عَلِمَ الْإِمَامُ أو المأموم بالحدث أو النجاسة في أثناء الصلاة بطلت صلاتهم But if the imam in the middle of the prayer realizes that then his prayer is obviously invalid If the ma'moom, the people behind anybody in congregation realizes they got impurity on them or their wudu is gone, their prayer is gone, they need to break away and go make wudu uh, and if the imam's wudu breaks in the middle of the prayer then back to what we said before, somebody else comes up and carries on leading the prayer. That is number four, I think. Number five. لا تصح صلاة أو إمامة الأمي والمراد به هنا من لا يحفظ سورة الفاتحة أو يحفظها ولكن لا يحسن قراءتها كأن يلحن فيها لحنا يحيل يحيل المعنى ككسر كاف اياك اياك وضم تاء انعمت انعمت وفتح همزه اهدنا اهدنا in these cases this situation now is somebody who is illiterate cannot lead the prayer what do they mean by illiterate not somebody who can't read and write but specifically somebody who cannot recite. He has not memorized Al-Fatiha. Even if he's memorized it, like we were saying before, he reads it so badly that he changes the meanings of what he's saying. That type of person cannot lead the prayer. For example, somebody who says, instead of, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ says, إِيَّاكِ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكِ نَسْتَعِينَ that changes the meaning in Arabic altogether from male to female. So you cannot do that. An'amta, like we said last week, an'amtu. I bless them. You bless them? It is Allah. You have changed the meaning. Cannot be allowed. Ihdina, ahdina. That changes altogether the meaning, different verbs again. From guidance to gifting. So all of these changes in meaning, somebody who can only recite like that, with all of these mistakes, cannot lead the prayer. Or somebody who doesn't know the Fatiha, obviously cannot be uh, the one leading the prayer. أو يبدل حرفا بغيره وهو الألثغ You know this word? الألثغ كمن يبدل الراء غينا أو لاما أو سين تاء the one who, uh, like you, a lisp, has a lisp, I think you call it, huh? has a, a type of problem with his pronunciation that he can't pronounce the words properly. Lisp, I think is the word, L-I-S-P. The one who has a lisp, he can't pronounce letters properly. So he pronounces the ra 
as a gha. This is common. Ra as a gha. Or la. Instead of ra, he says la. Or seen, he says as a ta. There are people, you know about this lisp. Certain people, they can't pronounce certain letters properly. They can't pronounce certain letters properly the way their tongue is. Those types of people who can't pronounce and therefore can't recite those letters in the accurate way, then they should not be leading the prayer. They can't recite in the letters properly, then they shouldn't lead the prayer. فَلَا تَصِحُّ إِمَامَةُ الْأُمِّ إِلَّا So this type of person can't lead the prayer unless everybody's like that. If everybody in the congregation was exactly the same, then one of them leads the prayer. لِتَسَاوِيهِمَا إِذَا كَانُوا عَاجِزِينَ عَنْ إِصْلَاحِهِ فَإِنْ uh, so if none of them were able to fix that or rectify that, then one of them can lead the prayer. But if that type of person who can't recite properly leads the prayer making mistakes, clear mistakes that change the meanings, then the prayer is invalid. You cannot pray behind him. Cannot pray behind an imam who makes those types of errors. So that is another one. An imam who can't recite. Somebody who can't recite properly the accurate recitation, remember we said it's not about tajweed, even if you don't know tajweed, that's okay. But as long as you pronounce things properly, an imam who can't pronounce things properly, makes errors that change the meanings, or doesn't even know the fatiha, etc., he cannot be the imam. Mm. If they pronounce as akha, khair, you're saying khair al-maghdubi? Khair. But normally it's not like that. I've heard it. Gha, maybe they say gha, khair al-maghdubi. It's almost like a kha, but it's not normally a full kha. Khair al-maghdubi. In that case, the meaning is. Huh? Okay, well, then it's a different word altogether. Huh? In that case, it's better you avoid praying there. Because that is, that's a different word. Ghair and khair, two different words altogether. You have completely changed the word in the Fatiha. So in that case, it would be suitable not to pray there. The ta to a ta. That one you change in the ta to a ta, but there is no word in Arabic mustaqim anyway. So that would probably not be considered major. Because there's no other word. Mustaqim, there's no word in Arabic. So even if you change the ta to a ta there, it is not changing any meaning. Everybody of course knows it is mustaqim. Oh, but it, there's no real word in Arabic mustaqim, if you if make a ta. So that would probably not be considered a major one because it is not changing the meaning to anything else. Oh, again. Nasta'in. Is this a word? I mean, Arabic, is this a word? Ista'ana? Yeah. But the noon at the end as well. Uh. You know, if it doesn't change the meaning to another meaning, then it's allowed, it's passable. Not allowed, but it's passable. 
He changes the letter to a different letter, but it doesn't change the meaning. Like even the harakat. Remember we said at the beginning, Alhamdulillahi Rabbal Alameen. Scholars say it's acceptable that your prayer valid. Because it doesn't change in the Arab, in that sentence, doesn't make any difference. It's true. Wow. So sometimes you may change the letter and it becomes a word which does not exist in reality. Like mustaqim. That isn't even a word in Arabic. But as far as I know, as long as the meaning has not changed to something completely different and it is not something which impacts upon the meaning, then it's passable. If it's becoming a, a, a blatant mispronunciation like that, then those types of imams avoid them, who are blatantly mispronouncing these letters, and therefore the words aren't even the, they're not even the real Arabic words. Words that don't have any meaning. New words that don't even exist in the language. Then it's a problem. It is a problem. Avoid those imams and pray where the imam can recite. Of course, you rectify, advice. Like here they said they advised the imam, he said no. He said his pronunciation is correct. In that case, what can you do? Khalas, you go elsewhere. Then we've said here now, just now, Al-Ummi, the one who cannot pronounce the letters properly, does not have the right to be the imam. In that case, he should step aside and give somebody else the imamship. If he can physically not pronounce it, he does not have the right to be the imam then. Another type of person who cannot be the imam. Yukrah. Or in this case it is disliked. Not completely invalid. But disliked. Yukrah. أَنْ يَأُمَّ الرَّجُلُ قَوْمًا أَكْثَرُهُمْ يَكْرَهُهُ It is disliked for a person to lead the people, to be the imam, if the majority of the people dislike him for some valid reason some valid truthful reason regarding him that person is known to have some characteristic he has been known to engage in some activity which is not fist but activities that are dispraiseworthy and the majority of people dislike him for these dispraiseworthy activities even though they may not be sins or fisk of that nature but he has a character which the majority of the people are not pleased with him as the imam with due right. Not just because they don't like him, they don't get on with him. For actual right. He does something that people don't really like about him. And they have a right to not like it about him. Because it is something he shouldn't be really doing. Then in that case, it is disliked for him to lead the prayer. بِأَن تَكُونَ كِرَاهَاتُهُمْ لَهَا مُبَرِّرٌ مِنْ نَقْصٍ فِي دِينِهِ For example, he does something which indicates a deficiency in his religion. You could say, you could say as an example, an imam who comes late for every single prayer. He comes late for every single prayer. Always late. Lazy. So the majority of the people dislike him. Do they have a right to dislike him now? Yeah, every single prayer doesn't bother to come 
lazy, comes slow, comes late, every prayer gets up late for Fajr, comes and leads the prayer 20 minutes, half an hour late from where it's supposed to be, every prayer late, people dislike him. He's not a prompt imam, he doesn't come and fulfill the sunnah of leading the prayer at the beginning, lazy, always late, they have a right to dislike him. So if the majority now dislike him for this reason, it could be a fair reason that the person should not be leading the prayer. What are you talking about? Five minutes late. You talk about no, minutes, uh, twenty minutes. Somebody late. who's but constantly, still constantly, it's an issue. Imagine the Imam now constantly, every prayer is late. You would expect that the people start to think, you know, what's going on, even if it is only five minutes. But if it's every single prayer, it's not really suitable. It's not suitable if it's every single prayer. So it should be something that you strive. To ensure, because we know the sunnah is to pray the prayer at the beginning time. And if the imam, and especially now, the imam is supposed to, as one of his responsibilities, look after the congregation. The imam is supposed to look after the congregation. So, the congregation, maybe they have work to get to. Maybe they have work to get to. So the imam needs to come and ensure that he prays the prayers at the times that they have established are going to be prayed on. If he comes late 10 minutes, that's going to cause a problem to the people who are working. And this is particularly an issue, particularly an issue for Jum'ah Khutbah. So whoever your khatib is, make sure you tell him. He needs to come on time. If the khatib comes late, it's a problem. Who's your khatib? Who comes and does the Jum'ah? Me? Huh? You know, I'm, I'm, we have to conclude, I have to leave, I have to pray there. We'll have to conclude on this point. It's a good point to conclude. I can go quickly before talking about this anymore. So inshallah ta'ala, that is the things, they are the things that the imam should not be the imam if he has those things. If he has those issues, then he should not be the imam. There are a few more. We'll carry on with them next week inshallah. Same time, 6.45 p.m. We'll finish in time for Maghrib inshallah.